1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, We have a new partner on the show, and they're going to have a giveaway every Monday. It's called Optimum Golf. They are in Park Hill or the Rhino neighborhoods, and you're going to love this giveaway. I'm telling you, with the snow coming, you're not going to have to give up your golf game because Optimum Golf is going to absolutely hook you up to keep your game sharp during the offseason. They have a fantastic virtual golf setup where you can play Tons, hundreds of different courses like Pebble Beach, Tory Pines, some of the best courses in the world, where you can play with your friends or you could host a private party. They also have leagues and tournaments. Plus, they have an indoor putting green and award-winning pros who can help you fine-tune your game. And in the second hour of the show, we're going to be doing this every Monday on the show. At 5 o'clock, we're going to give away a $100 gift card. That is good for one free hour in that simulator. And if you're just going by yourself, that's a full 18 holes. Or you will get one complimentary golf lesson. Go to the optimumgolf.com or stay tuned at 5 o'clock where you can get a free gift card. Mace, how are you? Doing
2: all right. How was your Thanksgiving weekend? A lot of golf this weekend.
1: Played on gosh, we played on Thursday, and then we played nine holes on Saturday. Saturday. So uh Saturday was a was a or let's say Thursday, I thought I was gonna get absolutely crushed. First first two holes. Yeah. Okay. Bang the drive about 290, double bogeyed the hole. I'm thinking, okay, everybody gets off to a bad start, okay? Next hole, hit a really good drive. Next shot hits a tree. Next shot, I lose the ball. Then I lost another ball. Playing army golf here. Quadruple bogey. I had a 15 on my card through two holes.
2: Sounds like when I play.
1: Well, I'm like, I'm going to have to really be really good moving forward. I parred six of the final seven holes, finished with a 44, which was stunning, considering how I started, and finished with, I think it was an 86 for the round, which, considering, I was thrilled with, and then shot a 41 on Saturday. We just played nine holes. How was your weekend? It was good. Enjoyed
2: Enjoyed the weekend. Took a couple of hikes over the course of the weekend. It was really nice weather, as you know. Yep. It's still nice weather, although... I would say, A, because of uh, the lack of snowfall, lack of rain, you're troubled by how dry it is and how dry it's going to remain. And B, when you're looking at the weather forecasting, you're seeing 70s in December.
1: Yep. No kidding. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's been a lovely autumn, but uh, it's lasting a long time.
1: It's going to be gorgeous all this week. Yes. And actually, we're going out of town on a last minute trip on Saturday. Ah. But where we're going, the weather is going to be great, but we're not going for the weather. I mean, even
2: in Kansas City, it's going to be nice as well.
1: Is that crazy? Yeah. It's I know.
2: like on, on Friday, it's going to be 71 in Kansas City. When the Broncos play on Sunday, high of 59, temperature be dropping. But we're looking at right now, kickoff temperature for Broncos Chiefs being 55 wow. degrees on Sunday night.
1: Would you like to know what Mandy and I are doing on Saturday? Yeah, tell me. Okay. We've, I've seen so many good concerts to count. But there's one concert I have not seen, and I've been dying to see him, and so is Mandy. Okay. Bruno Mars. Oh. Saturday morning, we're flying to Washington, D.C. We have 10th row tickets, and we'll be back in town at noon on Sunday.
2: That is spur of the moment. That
1: is spur of the moment. How
2: early are you flying out? I might see you at the airport on my way to KC.
1: (laughs) I think we're probably flying at around like 10
2: in the morning. I'm going early.
1: Yeah. Well, what's (laughs) funny is that the the whole thing came up. Uh, We were with the girls and we were just listening to music. And I said, do you want to see the best halftime show I've ever seen? They're like, yeah. And to me, it was the Bruno Mars concert. Uh, Super Bowl
2: 48. Bad game for the Broncos. But a great concert.
1: Unbelievable halftime show. Now, he was fantastic at Super Bowl 50 as well. But Mandy's watching, and she goes, we need to go see him. So we tried to book a trip to Vegas over New Year's. Mm -hmm. And that was just outrageously expensive. Yeah, good luck with that. So uh, it was still really, really expensive to go to D.C. on a short trip. But we're going, and we're going to have a blast. With that, time now for the lead.
0: The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park.
1: I can't remember if we talked about it in depth, but did you believe the Broncos were going to win yesterday? I picked them to win, yes. And I picked them to win too.
2: But it was more about, I thought the Chargers would find a way to Charger it up. Okay. As it were.
1: Well, they didn't charge her it up.
2: No, they, they just got beat. They got, they got badly. beat from. They got beat pretty much from the get-go. Right. Start to
1: finish. They did. I thought they would win. I didn't think they'd win handily like they did against the Cowboys. I just didn't think that. And boy, did they make Justin Herbert look pedestrian with that. I'm going to give you, not that I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you probably a solid two minutes sometime during the show, and it could be in this segment, because I know you are just... We haven't talked about this. Yeah. I'm, I am I have a feeling you are dying to go on a rant about what you have seen on Twitter, about Drew Locke, and we will get to that momentarily or sometime later on in the show. But with that, all the talk two weeks ago was, Teddy Bridgewater soft, didn't want to make a tackle. Does this conversation now officially need to end knowing... The CBS reporter right before the end of halftime came out and said, Teddy Bridgewater's leg is really banged up. Yeah. Please stop it with the lazy analysis that this guy's not tough.
2: Well, it's not going to leave some people's minds, but uh, you, as always, you have to look at the bigger picture, right? And the collection of moments and th- that comprise Teddy Bridgewater's career against Philadelphia. Visually, it's, a, it, there's no doubt. That's not that it wasn't a good look, but you contrast that with all he did to work from back from a horrific knee injury just to make it back to the NFL. Uh, playing on, basically on one leg against Cleveland last month. Playing on one leg basically yesterday in the second half when it was clear the team need, needed him to win. That if he didn't go back out there, you felt like the Broncos were going, to, were going to lose that game. That they they needed him and he stepped in and delivered. And to his credit... As we talked about two weeks ago, the day after the Philadelphia game, he went up to every position group and apologized, apologized gave him mea culpa, and seemed like, it seemed like that set because everything looked back to normal yesterday as far as him leading the team.
1: With that, Vic Fangio was asked at his press conference about Drew Locke today, and he said, I'm not going to make excuses for him, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but he really hasn't got a lot of practice time. Let's, If we're going to be completely honest and completely transparent, Fangio and Schirmer are not crazy about Drew Locke. Let's just call it like it is. I don't think they really want to give him playing time. I don't know if they even really like him personally. I'm not saying they're sabotaging his career, but they don't believe. Neither of them believe that they can help the team win. I don't think either of them believe that Drew Locke can help them keep their jobs. I'm guessing after the fiasco before the Saints game, that probably started the ball rolling where Drew Locke looked completely irresponsible as he was the leader of that quarterback room. But we saw a side-by-side comparison for a short amount of time between Bridgewater and Locke in yesterday's game. You could say whatever you want to about Vic Fangio and chances are I'll probably agree with you. But at the end of the day he made the right call on Teddy Bridgewater. And I'll add one more thing about it. People will say about Drew Locke, Pat Shermer doesn't set him up to succeed. At the end of the day, you cannot set a guy up to succeed and you cannot help a guy when he is in a RPO situation, run, pass, option, time winding down in the first half and he chooses the worst option by far. That is not on Pat Shermer. That is on Drew Locke. For some reason, he does not have a clock in his head where he is at at the game. The last thing you can do is turn the ball over in that. You never want to turn the ball over, but you can't turn the ball over in that situation, potentially giving the Chargers momentum. Again, it was a run-pass option. That gives the quarterback the option on what to do and routinely, Drew Locke picks the wrong door in Let's Make a Deal, and he always goes home with the billy goat instead of the car. Well, and a lot
2: of his mistakes are trying to, to wing it in when there's not a window, right? Different, Slightly different flavors of the same of the same ice cream. Try, trying to do more than is there. Kendall Hinton is tightly covered. You have Derwing James right there. I mean, first of all, should he have handed off to Javante Williams at the start of the play? Yeah, that would have been the best option of the run-pass
1: option. You know what the other option, but is? The throw the option the is? Throw it the ball Throw, it away. throw the ground. Once
2: you get outside, right. you're out of the pocket. Intentional grounding is out of the equation. Just throw it in the first row at that point and live to fight another down. And literally, like you said, the one thing you can't do there is turn the ball over. You have the chargers on the ropes. Imagine a prize fight. And you're pummeling them, and clearly the opponent is staggering. But you never see the, 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 the fighter who's delivering the pounding reach out and say, I'll help you up, and that's what Drew Locke did. Okay. He helped the Chargers off the ropes.
1: We have a divided, still, Broncos country when it comes to who should be the starter. Even today, it's divided. You have battled with people on Twitter over the last 24 hours, <laughs> as have I. And I basically put out my final statement today on Twitter. And I will not quote myself because I don't have it in front of me, but I will paraphrase what I said. If your plan was to always die on the hill with Drew Locke as your quarterback, I have an update for you. You're not dying on the hill anymore with Drew Locke. You're dead. You're officially dead and if you're going to keep arguing for Drew Locke and saying well let's see what the guy can do who oh by the way started over a full season if you're going to argue for him that he should still be the starter because well let's see if the guy can play and hey what's the worst that could happen we get a higher draft pick explain that to a bunch of guys in the locker room who are playing for first place next week yeah that doesn't wash and if you believe it does you are an idiot you are allowed to be a fan but you are not allowed to be uneducated with bad takes in my Twitter world because I will come after you for being stupid.
2: And the other thing is this. You mentioned all the other guys in the locker room, and they they have limited career lengths as well. You can't go up to them and say, we're going to play the lesser quarterback just because he has quote-unquote upside while you're contending. You can't do that.
1: You can say that.
2: And you'll and you lose everybody.
1: Here's the thing. You can say that during a guy's rookie year.
2: Yeah. You can but not say, in year three.
1: Exactly. It's been three years already.
2: We've got our answer. Right. And I think there's a better chance that Brett Rippon is on the team next year
1: as a backup than Drew Lock. Coming up after the break, the Broncos coaching staff has been under fire for most of the season. But when you look at two of the last three games, both wins, you can make the case, the coaching staff as a whole, specifically Schirmer and... And Fangio as coordinators, let's call them like they are coordinators. You can give them an A. Are these guys turning the corner, or should the hot seat still be blazing despite the fact the Broncos are six and five with the chance to be in first place next Sunday night? Hey. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale along with the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Uh, they did my entire HVAC unit. Couldn't have been any happier. I got uh, the best product out there in Rudd, which is absolutely top of the line, but so is Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They have nearly 600 five-star Google reviews. They are amazing, and right now, you can save up to nearly 5300 on an exclusive heating and air replacement offer. You're also going to get 10-year parts and Labor warranty, whole home air duct cleaning, whole home humidifier, five year complete maintenance, and a smart thermostat, including installation. That's just for doing business with them. And then you're going to save money on top of it. And here's the kicker you're going to get up to a seven day vacation voucher to one of 4,500 incredible destinations. Why wouldn't you want to work with Mighty Plumbing and Heating Air? Their reputation is impeccable, and you get all that stuff that goes with it. Go to mightyph.com. Time now for the buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's
1: 303-790-8089. I think it's fair to say the Broncos coaching staff has been under fire for most of the season. A lot of that coming from us as well, let's be honest. But when you look at two of their last three games, wins over the Cowboys, improbable. I think many people thought going into the uh, going into that game. I don't think a lot of people thought they'd beat the Chargers either. But they were dominating performances. And you can easily give the coaching staff, specifically the offensive coordinator in Schirmer and the defensive coordinator in Fangio slash Donatel, an A. I think it is fair to give them an A. You can argue it if you want to, but it's fair to give them an A. Do you think Fangio and Shermer are starting to find their stride? And maybe all the criticism, while it has been warranted, maybe they are starting to figure something out.
2: I want to see more consistency. It's got to go back. It's got to stop going back and forth. And, again, the test that I want to see them pass, particularly Pat Shermer, is when you get behind, don't lose your nerve, don't lose patience, don't, don't start really going away from the things that you do best. So it's easy yesterday to stick with the run as they did. Right, they were up. 33 carries in, in total for Javante Williams and, um, and Melvin Gordon. That's easy. And then they had another three receptions between them. It's harder when you fall behind 7-0 or 10-0, especially, for example, against a team as explosive as Kansas City. What I want to see is if they get behind early, I want to see the patience to stick with what they know they do best. Now, that being said... After 11 games, I do think they have a better grasp on what this team does best. Right. But I want to see them have fidelity to it even when they get into trouble rather than just going willy nilly trying to, you know, trying, trying to creatively scheme your way out of trouble when they should just focus on what the bread and butter is.
1: There have been many times this season that the offense has not been good, there have been many times the defense hasn't been very good. They're
2: still among the lower ranked teams in. Uh, on the Football Outsiders DVOA, overvalue ranking.
1: With that, when you're not good, it's easy to form an opinion, and it's easy to make a decision. But it becomes challenging when the word you used, consistency, Mm -hmm. when they are inconsistent, it's harder to make a decision. Which defense am I getting week to week? Which offense am I going to get week to week? And you know what? Both guys have... Seven more games, right? Yeah. They have seven more games. But the truth is, it really doesn't matter how much better the offense is for the rest of the season or the defense is for the rest of the season because they're tied to wins and losses, both of them. But specifically, they're tied to the playoffs. That's what it's going to come down to. The offense and the defense could both look great for every single game moving forward. But if they miss the playoffs, I don't think either of them keep their job.
2: I don't think so either. I think it really does come down to that. We've discussed it earlier, but I think that that is that is the line in the sand here. I think the only way it kind of moves one way or another is if there's some collection of circumstances where they're ten and seven and they miss the playoffs. At that point, I think George Payton might would be uh, maybe not forgiving, but I think he'd give the benefit
1: of the doubt. If what
2: ten and seven missed the playoffs on a tiebreak. You might at that point with one more game to play with one more game in the schedule. Yes, but you would have doubled the win total in a year that you did have a lot to
1: overcome. I'll tell you this. And I don't know who to give the credit to. Maybe it's the players. Maybe it's Mike Munchak. Maybe it's Pat Shermer. Maybe it's the fact that they were up and they had the ability to run the ball more or they should have run the ball more, which they did. But can you remember a time where too many teams during an NFL season Played the majority of the game without one starter from opening day.
2: Uh, what do you mean, like one starter from opening
1: day? Well, okay, cushionberry played yes. Yeah, on the offensive line. Uh, that's down I mean.
2: down four guys. <sighs>
1: and 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 road grading people. Now, yeah. not granted, not but gr- run
2: blocking helps that because it's easier right. for a younger to move forward g- than jury to back group yeah. to kind of right. to to get momentum when they're when you're run blocking because you're going forward rather than retreating, which is another thing that if, if you're looking at this, at a similar offensive line next Sunday in Kansas city, again, if you fall behind 10, nothing in the second quarter, you've got to resist that temptation that says, Oh, we got to throw. We got to throw. We got, we, we, we're running out of time. You got to trust. It's a 60 minute game and you've got time to get back in it.
1: Well, the problem trust,
2: is- but that's human. You're going against human nature. It's a difficult thing.
1: Well, and when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes and that particular offense, you are always so worried of their quick strike capability that ten nothing could be seventeen nothing, and boom, then you're completely out of your
2: game. You're mind. worried, but at the same time, what have they been actually in recent weeks? At the thing that's carrying them right now, three, it, three of their last four games, it's been defense carrying them. Against the Raiders, they got it in in all three phases. But other, the other games, it's been about the defense. The uh, the story of the Chiefs is that since 2018, when Mahomes became the full-time starter, they've never lost a game when they've given up 330 or fewer yards on defense. And what have they done the last four games? They've given up 330 or fewer. right? And they've won in spite of the offense being pedestrian in three of those four.
1: Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the hottest, blazing. Um, we. We'll we'll turn it into a uh, a verb. Um, how how close is Vic Fangio to being nagged, meaning out? Because it seemed like with the Bears he was one step close to being out. With that, ten being the highest, one being you know he's sitting on a block of ice cubes. Where's Vic Fangio right now?
2: I'd say he was a nine after the Philadelphia game. Yep, probably a seven and a half now. Moderately cooled. But again, it's all about the playoffs. And again, unless they have that scenario where they're 10 and 7 and they miss on a tiebreak, but 10 and 7, based on where the teams are stacking up right now, how many games they have against each other, 10 and 7 is almost certainly going to get you in the way things are shaking out. Because we see in the AFC West, we see in the AFC North, those teams are going to punch each other and they're going to deal each other some losses. So if they get to 10 wins, they're in. They get to nine wins, they're probably out.
1: I'm going to bring something up on the show that I have not heard on the radio all day. And as you know, I flip around stations. Yes. Danny, you listen to Sports Talk Radio for a good portion of the day, too, right? Yep. Okay. Have you heard one talk show host in town even mention the Broncos only had five wins last year and now they have six?
3: I haven't heard it today, but I've heard it. I heard it like last a couple of weeks ago after they beat the Cowboys and got to five wins that they had the same number right. as they had last year. But now they're past. Them. But now they have more. Correct.
2: As- I mentioned it on Twitter yesterday. Did that, you? They, that they surpassed right after the game. That was my that was my final gun tweet. They surpassed yep. their 2020 win total.
1: Now, listen, at five wins, the bar's pretty low. Yeah. Let's be honest. But at the end of the day, if they can find a way to go to Kansas City, and I think a lot of Broncos fans, and rightfully show so, should be excited about Sunday's game. If they would have lost to the Chargers, you're probably not that excited. Because you're thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Now you're thinking, all right, well, two of the last three games, both wins, very impressive wins. You can make the case against two pretty good teams, at least two teams with very good quarterbacks Mm -hmm. that they shut down. And now they're facing arguably the best quarterback in the league. And I understand Patrick Mahomes isn't currently statistically the best quarterback in the league. But but if you. Gave me a chance to vote on one guy who I want to be my quarterback. It would still be Patrick Mahomes.
2: When Peyton Manning was in the prime years of his career and he had a little bit of a down season, people didn't stop saying he was an elite quarterback. Okay, right. that's that's the thing. These seasons happen for quarterbacks every now and again. Doesn't mean he's not the best at what he does in in the bigger picture. So, yeah, that's the challenge. The other thing also, we talk about the Chiefs' defense. We talk about the, how how Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. The fact that the Broncos won yesterday means they're still in it even if they lose this game. And I think that's kind of a key thing. They don't fall out of the hunt, out of the conversation, if they can't get it done at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night. This is, if they had lost yesterday, then this would have been do or die. This game is not do or die. Not with the Lions right after, and then not with four games, three against division foes, one against a fellow wildcard contender in Cincinnati that follow that Lions game. And I think that was the key thing about yesterday. They, They assured themselves that they didn't have to go into Kansas City in a win or bust situation. And I think it's important for people to remember that going into this game, not put all the eggs in this basket. You want to win, that's great but they're not eliminated with a loss by any stretch of the imagination.
1: So the Broncos are 6-5. and They have a chance to be in first place this upcoming Sunday night. But with all that said, the Broncos didn't set a record, but they finished top five in something yesterday. A very dubious record. Oh, boy. Very dubious. So what's the problem with having this record or at least being mentioned in the top five? We'll talk about it
0: next. can't help but smile
1: Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at MaceDenver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com.
1: Every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to our friends Ty, Cal, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. And here's the question, boys. Yesterday's Broncos game had over 9,500 no-shows, which was the fifth largest total since 2011. It happened on a beautiful day in Denver. Weather can't be the reason why people did not show up. Also worth noting, maybe this is a reason why there were over 9,500 no-shows. When you look at... Currently, at the top five games that had the most no-shows, three of those games were against the Chargers. So with that, why so many no-shows? Do you think the Chargers have something to do with it? can't blame the weather, can you?
2: If the weather had been lousy, the no-show count would have been off the charts. I would say... And you could have blamed it. And you could have blamed it. It would have been part of it. It would have been then the perfect storm of weather opponent that does not have a huge fan base outside of its home market, and apathy toward the Broncos. With the weather being lovely on Sunday, the other two things applied. That people, that there, there was still some apathy, although I think everything seems revived right now. Funny how one game can change that. I th- if the Broncos had beaten the Eagles, I think that no-show count would have been cut down by 5,000.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. At the end of the day, this is not an overly exciting team. I don't mean any disrespect to anybody in the locker room. There are no stars on this team. And generally speaking, they're not really fun to watch. I think those are the reasons why. Guys, what do you think?
2: You can be bad and boring, but you, but you can be bad or boring, but you don't want to be both. Right. And Kind of like this show. <laughs> What we're bad and boring?
1: I don't know, Danny. No, don't answer that. I don't no, know. I don't know. he's got I don't know. a smirk on his face, what like what he wanted
2: thinks. to say something. Yeah. But uh, and the its not just this year, though. It's not about simply this year. It's about years accumulating. And you know, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater kind of uh, proving himself again, so to speak, but. What happened in that Philadelphia game left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think you heard it and I heard it, that people are like, if he's not going to sell out, why why should I make the effort here?
1: I don't think people looked at Teddy Bridgewater and said, I'm not going because he didn't try and make a tackle. And you know what? If you did, shame on you. You're an idiot. You're a fool. You're not a fan. Period. I do wonder Please. if there were because p- because yeah. he didn't try and make you're, you're going to stay home. You're going to you're going to buy a ticket. And you're going to spend that type of money well, you, and you're not going to show up because Teddy Bridgewater didn't make the effort to make a tackle, In which I cannot say this enough. He would have been bulldozed by Melvin Gordon and then the guy behind him and then drew Locke would have been your quarterback then there really wouldn't have been any reason to go to the game although for some people it would have been a reason to go
2: good that, that's the go. thing that's the thing that i i i sometimes have trouble wrapping my arms around is that uh, and someone suggested this to me on the uh, DMVR Bronco podcast that I did just podcast before I came into, podcasts, I came into the show. I had show. to correct you at least once. Today. You Thank you to Appreciate me multiple it. times. Or I said pon- Did I say podcast? I don't remember. Like I, a pontoon if, boat. If I can have podcast. a chance to correct
1: you on anything, I will because I know you. You're re- like a piranha. I'm not a piranha. Hmm. Sure, you are. Little a little bit of meat in the water, and you're gonna no most devour of the, it. most of the time I don't. I just I just got to keep it even between us.
2: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But there was was the suggestion that, oh, I'd rather see an interception or two from Drew Locke, but he tries to go deep. At least that's exciting. But you know what? If that happens, this team is losing more games than it wins. I mean, if you want to have a single stat that reflects why this Broncos team is 6-5 and and actually still in the mix... Compared to where it was last year, it's in giveaways. Last year, they averaged two turnovers a game, the most in the league. This year, they're averaging 1.1. 1. 1. They're, they're tied for seventh best in the league. And to just kind of compare the same point last year to this year, at this point last year, the quarterback position was responsible for 20 turnovers. At the same point this year, the quarterback position is responsible for eight turnovers. And oh, by the way, 25% of those eight turnovers are on Drew Locke, who has played 7% of the snaps this year.
1: This is not a knock to me against Drew Locke as a person. I can't can't claim that I know him well, but I've had more than a few on-the-side conversations. He's a really nice kid. He really is. I'm rooting for him. What I'm about to say is not a criticism, it's an observation, and I don't fault him for it. If Peyton Manning, now granted, when you compare anyone to Peyton Manning, let's put that in perspective. If Peyton Manning is the highest processor out there for a computer, let's call an i7, I'm guessing there's something higher than that these days, isn't there? Yeah, I don't keep track of
2: it, but yeah, I used to when I was okay. younger. Now I just want the computer to work.
1: If Peyton Manning is an i seven processor, Drew Lock is dial up. He just says, and it's not a knock. And I'll tell you why. Well, maybe you're
2: talking about internet speed and say like Peyton Manning is uh, is like what is it like one gig, gig gigabyte internet? Right, that's the whole thing.
1: Yeah, let's not get too down this far. Well, down no, but travel. I think that's I won't be able. To I think that's the
2: you. perfect analogy. You you see it advertised. Peyton Manning is one gig internet and Drew Locke is dial-up.
1: I don't fault a guy for not having a strong arm and say he needs to lift more weights to have a stronger arm. I don't do that. Just like I'm not going to fault a guy who is wired the way he is and and doesn't process the game as fast as you would hope he would. This is what he was born with. I'm not trying to make it sound like poor Drew. Everybody has different skills. The great quarterbacks process quickly. They diagnose quickly. They change out of plays quickly. They understand that when time is winding down in the first half and you have the ball on your own side of the field and you have a run-pass option, the option should not be take a risk on a short pass that could lead to an interception. His processor just isn't there now. It might be eventually, but I'll be honest with you, I doubt it will be at a very high level. For the I had a long conversation with somebody on the phone today, and all he kept telling me was what Drew Locke did at Missouri. And my answer to him was this there's so many differences between college ball and pro ball. We can start with the hash marks. We could also add on to it what an offensive playbook looks like in college, where Pat Shermer might have 800 plays in a playbook. And a playbook from Missouri is Mo Larry, and Curly standing on the sidelines. One guy has a big poster board picture of Yogi Bear. The other poster board held by Larry is a banana and the third one is an indian motorcycle and the quarterback gets to pick which play he wants from Mo Larry and Curly in a lot of ways that is a college offense you don't have to think a lot but at the nfl level you do and the hash marks make a big difference and the athletic speed of these players is tremendous and the closing speed is so much faster than it is in college right now Drew Locke's processor is not close to being ready. That's why on an RPO, his option was, I'll try and throw the ball in there on a pro bowler on my side of the field. He's not ready. And he may never be ready. Don't tell me about arm strength. You want to bring arm strength to the table? I'll rattle off Jamarcus Russell and David Klingler and Andre Ware and pick any quarterback that has ever come out of Oregon outside the name of Dan Fouts. And I'll show you a guy in college who had a big arm that always picked the banana and was a Heisman Trophy runner-up. The pro game is different. Don't tell me what Drew Locke did at Missouri because it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. he has a strong arm he has athletic ability I am not debating that but he makes too many unforced errors like a tennis player he's constantly hitting the ball into the net or past the baseline he's not getting beaten he is beating himself what do we have coming up on mountain high appliance just in case you missed it
3: Some big news out of Miami that will probably tip the scales in favor of the road team for the Denver Nuggets tonight. We'll get into that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
0: Yeah, 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 uh, Miami, uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat, uh.
1: On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Tivoli Brewing Company. Absolutely love going to that place because they have terrific home brewed beer. And, you know, they've been around longer than any other brewery in town. I love to support local. And now they have Bad Daddy's Burgers there as well. So a burger and a beer. Always sounds good to me. With that, I want to bring in my friend. She is the marketing director at Tivoli Brewing Company. Hi, Tiana.
4: Hi, Eric. How are you doing? I am
1: great. How's everything with you?
4: It is wonderful. We're back from the, uh, the holidays, Thanksgiving, and ready to brew some new beer.
1: Now, I say to you all the time, and I say to our listeners all the time, there's absolutely no reason to spend that type of money at Ball Arena for a beer or for food because you can get a better beer and a better burger certainly at tivoli brewing company now the abs and the nuggets are they're both on extended road trips okay so when they come back people absolutely need to go to you guys but they should be going anyway because now not only do you have the best beer in town you got a full liquor license
4: we have got a full bar so come on in if you don't like beer, we've got wine we've got vodka tequila whatever you need Tivoli's got it.
1: So, we are heading into the holiday season. You're always working on new brews. What do you have cooking?
4: Yeah. So, right now we have our seasonal, it's called Get Stuffed, and it is phenomenal. There's this amazing cranberry clove finish. Hmm. And I mean, we're, we're selling out of it. It's going off the shelves like hotcakes. So, if you have a chance, come into the tap house and try it on draft.
1: What else do you got? What else do you got that people just absolutely have to try during the holiday season?
4: All of our, I mean, our lager is nice and warm. So I would say definitely try that, a classic. And we do have something coming out next year that's super top secret, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a big one. So everyone, get ready for that.
1: Okay, so I, I am an I used to be uh, a journalist. I don't call myself a journalist anymore because sports talk radio is not really considered journalism anymore. I, <laughs> I like I like to break stories. So don't
4: sell yourself short. <laughs> so I
1: thank you, thank you. I will try and break this story with another question. What's the name of the top secret brew that you're going to be releasing?
4: It is Outlaw. Oh, you actually
1: gave it up to me. I was totally kidding. I was giving you such a layup that you could avoid it. But tell me about Outlaw. Tell me about Outlaw.
4: top secret, but... The brew itself is the secret. The, the master, the craft of the brew is the secret. But everyone's going to know that name pretty soon, so get okay. ready to hear it a lot.
1: All right, well, give me a hint. We know the, the the seasonal brew has like a cranberry infusion. Just give me a sample of what people are going to be tasting. Don't nope. tell me what's in it. No, no, nope. nope. I'm not
4: gonna. That's all you get. That's you know what? You, you
1: know what? I'll, I'll ask you a very direct question. Okay. Are, are there barley and hops in this beer? <laughs>
4: How did you know?
1: <laughs> because I know my beer. Quickly, best things yep. on the menu for bad daddies inside the Tap House.
4: Carolina Gold and the Steroid Burger. Best of the best. And the fried pickles.
1: What's on the Steroid Burger?
4: Everything that you could ever want in a burger. Well, it's like
1: all of it. Well, like what? What my appetite? There's
4: on crispy onions and i mean I, seriously i would have to read it off the list there's so many things but i recommend it you won't you won't be disappointed if you try it
1: pair it with the beer yes no it's no no go,
4: i would say oh that's tough i'm gonna say the happy bison mile high happy bison
1: okay i'm gonna stay away from the cranberry beer but i might go with the outlaw you know why because i love barley and hops how do people find you <laughs>
4: We are on the Auraria campus right across from Ball Arena. If you know where MSU Denver is, you'll be able to find us. We're across from the Tivoli Parking Garage.
1: Tiana, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Please give my best to Ari, and we will catch up soon.
4: Sounds good, Eric. Have a good night.
1: See you, T. All right, time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm.
0: Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan. With Dan McKenzie at McKenzieFirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com.
3: Got a little breaking news.
1: I was some producing there. I was totally caught up yeah. there. Just
3: yeah. in from uh, the Denver Nuggets on the team's official Twitter account. They tweeted out, the wait is over with a joker card emoji. Nikola Jokic will play tonight in Miami against the Heat. And also, Busy is back. Another tweet by the official Twitter account announcing that Bones Highland will also be active for this game. So that means... The Nuggets in Miami taking on the Heat. Game starts at 5.30 p.m. Markeith Morris, Tyler Hero, and just confirmed a little while ago, Jimmy Butler all out for the Miami Heat. Nicole Jokic, Busy Bones are active. And Jamichael Green will be out for the Denver Nuggets.
1: Let me ask both of you a question. I know you asked the questions. I'm going to ask both of you. If Markeith Morris was playing tonight, do you think Jokic should be playing tonight?
2: No
3: If he's good to go, yes Because he's got his brothers there as backup
2: Well (laughs) That doesn't prevent him from getting hurt If there's a little dust up On the court If Morris and Jokic are going at it again And by the way The Jokic brothers They are there, right?
3: Yes, they are there. We they did receive did receive a warning from Udonis Haslam. That Udonis Heat, Haslam. Yes, the Heat are there to play basketball, he said. He said, don't come down there and start trouble. He also said, Miami is my city. So a little bit of a warning there, a shot across the bow of the Jokic brothers that he's he's still an ambassador of that team, and he's not afraid to get thrown out if he has to because that's kind of what Udonis Haslam does sometimes.
1: Well, we had that story first. That the Jokic brothers bought tickets. I was told they bought courtside tickets. Which I didn't report back then, but I'm reporting now. For all I know, the Nuggets got involved and said, please don't be courtside. For all I know, the NBA got involved and said, don't be courtside. Mm -hmm. For all I know, the Heat said, please don't be courtside. But I can tell you right now, the game's on altitude, right?
3: NBA TV. So I I would imagine it's on altitude. I am
1: guessing... The producer and director of Altitude will know exactly where the Jokic brothers are sitting and have a camera on them at all times.
2: Yep. By the way, the Nuggets are 8-6 and six when Jokic plays this year, 1-4 when he does not
1: Not surprised. Yep. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store and, uh, you know, try out the appliances. My, uh, my fiancé, Mandy, just bought a washer. Nice. Yes. So she's very excited to be working with Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Pat Sertan, best game of his career. I think that is fair to say. He's been very impressive. But the question is for how good he played yesterday and how good he can be, if Mac Jones or Justin Fields turn out to be something special, does it matter? If Sertan goes to ten Pro Bowls, that's next.
4: Girls are scantily clad or showing body. a chick walks by, you wish she could sex her, but you in another on the wall like you was point extra Next day's function, high class luncheon. Food is served in your stone cold luncheon Music comes gone, people start to dance, but then you ate so much.